this Linda, well, this Linda too, but we have another Linda in here. I don't know what it is about you, Linda, but no matter what you're going through, you have a peace about you. You know, there's a joy, and I, I don't know how you're doing it, because I know you got a lot going on in your life, but I, I want what you got. Can you tell? And then see, that opens up the opportunity then for you to tell them about the joy unspeakable and full of glory, the joy of the Lord that is your strength to get through the hard times, to get through what you're going through, right? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The Bible says that at famine and destruction, we shall laugh, huh? Right? Yeah. At famine and destruction, we shall laugh. The Bible says that God sits on his throne and he laughs at his enemies. So we can, you know, we can have the joy of the Lord and we can have a peace. God said, I will give you a peace that passes your understanding. See, you don't even understand why you're so peaceful in the midst of a situation. Because you're going through something and you're thinking, you know what? I should not be this peaceful. I don't know. I should not be this peaceful. I have a major situation going on and I have peace, you know. I, I mean, I experienced this one time, you know. My husband and I, we bought seven acres of land and, and uh, we... Uh, we, we took care of that land for two years. We took care of that land. Mowed it, went out there, had picnics, because there was a little creek that went out down in front of it. And uh, so, and then we ended up, we built a house out there, you know, a 80 foot long foundation for the house. Had it dug, bricks put around, you know, had a house put on there. Oh yeah, beautiful place out there. Well, one day I was getting ready to go to a tent revival. We, we were doing a construction loan, so we, we didn't, uh, you know, we didn't have it finalized yet. We weren't moved in to the house yet. And uh, so I was pulling into the driveway to get something out of the house. And then I was going on to do a tent revival. And uh, so, and listen, let me tell you one thing. You better stay on fire for God. You need to live every day. You need to revive yourself. You need to stay revived because you never know what a day is going to bring. You never know when you get up in the morning what kind of news you're going to get by the end of the day. I stay revived. See, I wake up with a, with revival in my heart. You know, I wake up with a song in my heart. <laughs> you know, I wake up as soon as I, before I even open my eyes, I say, Lord, this is the day that you have made. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. You know, and uh, so you gotta, you gotta work, you gotta work this, man. You, you have to. God said it. He said, "My mercies are new every morning." So anyway, back to the story. I pull in the driveway. A car is coming out. He stops me. He says, Mrs. Weber? I said, yeah. He said, I've got something i got to tell you. I said, okay. He says, uh, this house that you guys built? I said, yeah. He goes, you build it on somebody else's land. Okay? Jack, stop laughing so hard. Okay? I mean, this, it's not that funny, Jack, right? <laughs> I know somebody's on there watching. But uh, see, he was a surveyor. And the bank had sent him out, but he said, you built your house on somebody else's land. So we had taken care of this land and built that house on somebody else's land. And what do you think I did when that news, come on, people, that's some big bad news, right? <laughs> that's some bad news. That's somebody else's land that you just dug an 80-foot-long foundation, built a house on it, right? And it's somebody else's land. We thought it was ours, you know? So anyway... I, I, 
I, I just did something when he told me that. I didn't fall down on the ground and cover myself with sackcloth and ashes. I didn't start yelling out, oh, you know. You know what I did? I started laughing. I started laughing uncontrollably. See, I experienced <laughs> the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, I honestly, I started laughing uncontrollably when he told me that. And he looked at me and he says, I didn't think you'd take it so well, you know. And I told him, I said, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Go hook my car up to that house and pull it off the foundation? What do you want? I mean, come on, people. Sometimes there's just nothing you can do about it. You know what I'm saying? There's a situation that somebody's going through out there tonight, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. So what are you going to do? Are you just going to spend your days, you know, just, you know, whining and crying about it? There's nothing you can do about it. Some people come to church and they've had a bad morning already or they got a big major thing going on in their life and they spend that whole time, uh, you know, just focusing on that thing and, and instead of turning their eyes upon Jesus, Amen. the one that can do something about it. Amen? Huh? Yeah. So we, listen, I'm telling you, the, the Bible says that thou wilt keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on thee. Amen. Yeah, not on the circumstance that you're going through, but on thee. I get on my Facebook sometimes. I know I irritate a lot of people, you know, but I, I tell you, I'm having more fun than a human being should have. I just do. I, You know, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to intentionally irritate people, but I, I want to stir people up. <laughs> stir people up, you know. Uh, and uh, if you get offended, then, you know, you, you need to get over it, right? I want to stir you up. I want you to come to a higher place with God. Amen. Amen. So uh, I get on there and I say, I'm having more fun than a human being should have. You know, I'm just having a great time. And and then people think, well, she must have won the lottery or something. Well, number one, I don't play that. I don't waste my money on that. I put my money in eternal rewards, amen, in the gospel. But uh, they think, oh, oh, everything must be going really good for Linda, you know. And and uh, but here's the thing, my my see, my happiness is not based on happenings. My happiness is not based on happenings, amen. Huh? Yeah. My happiness it is a joy inside of me, a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Because I have my eyes and my mind on Jesus. Amen. And I'm telling you, he'll fill you. He will fill you up. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have to keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now think about this. What about Jesus? The Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Okay, that was a bad situation for him. You know what I'm saying? They beat him. He had, to, you know, they beat his body before they even put him on the cross. And then he was nailed to a cross. He gave his life for us. But you know what? Um, that was that was not good circumstances, was it, for him, you know? He could have, he, you know, that was just not. But listen, for the joy set before him, he knew what was up ahead. He knew that billions and billions of people were going to be saved because of the blood that he was shedding. He knew that billions and billions of people would be, their bodies on this earth would be healed 
because of the stripes that he bore on his body that he allowed them to do you see so sometimes you just got to get your mind and your eyes on heaven on eternity and uh you know stir yourself up right i was telling my mom my mom's here tonight my mom's 91 years old if you're years young i should say right Huh? Yeah. Oh, she doesn't like that. She doesn't like the word old. Huh? <laughs> I told her one day, I said, we were driving down the road, but she just lost her husband last month and uh, didn't lose her husband. He just, he, her husband went on to eternity. Okay. And uh, I, we were driving down the road one day. I said, look at us, mama, two old widows just driving down the road. <laughs> she said, that's two words. I don't want, <laughs> she said, don't be doing that. You know, don't be calling me old. And I believe it. I rode with her this summer. 70 and a 55? Uh-huh. <laughs> she still got it. You know what I'm saying? But we, we talk a lot because I lost my Well, I didn't lose my husband. I, I, we, we have that, you know, we say that. I, if you lose something, you don't know where it's at, right? Yeah. Is that true? When you lose yeah. something, they, you don't, when a man loses a remote control, they don't know where it's at. This way they tear the living room apart. I know where my husband's at. She knows where her husband's at. They're in heaven with Jesus because they're Christians. Amen. Amen. So we were talking anyway. Uh, my husband, when he moved to heaven uh, about five years ago, and her husband moved to heaven uh, a month ago. And uh, so we were talking about, I told my mom, she was um, talking to me about how you respond to, to something like that, losing a loved one like that. And I told her, I said, because she's going through his clothes and stuff and, you know, having to, to get rid of some stuff. And, and uh, I said, listen, you, you, what are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? Just gather all that stuff around you and just sit there and cry about it and whine about it and, and get yourself and start thinking about all the memories. And he ain't coming back to this earth. And I'm, I'm sure you, if you ask him to come back, he wouldn't come back. You know, yeah. he's experiencing heaven. And we should be happy about that, right? You're on a short journey down here, people. But I told her, I said, here's what you do, man. You just, you know, it's good to have memories and all that. But you don't sit there and dwell on that stuff. You don't do that. Because, um, you know, you get your eyes on Jesus. You remember. Take those thoughts captive. The Bible says, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Whatsoever things are good and lovely and pure and honest, think on those things, right? And uh, so you turn those thoughts around. You know, I'm just trying to talk to you about some revival here tonight. How to, re how to get revived and stay revived, amen? Because we have to. You're on a short journey down here? Amen. We're really on a short journey down here. The only reason when you give Jesus your heart, the only reason he don't, get you on out up out of here is because he has a work for you to do right and listen a lot of christians people aren't looking at them and saying i want what you got there's looking at them and saying if that's a christian i don't want to be one you know and that's sad that should not be because the bible says that we are god's ambassadors as though jesus were making his appeal through us amen so we need to be revived you cannot fake the anointing the anointing is the presence and power of god on you i don't care how much bible knowledge you have you know i don't care what you say people know when it's real <laughs> they can feel the presence of god amen 
we were in here last night. We were doing the, the kids' church, and uh, I tell you, these kids are just amazing. You know, they're on fire for God. God's raising up a generation that uh, are sold out for him, you know. And we were sitting here, and we, were, we did worship. And uh, I tell you, I felt the presence of God so strong in this place. I've never felt it that strong on a Saturday night before like I did. These kids are worshiping with their heart, you see. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people, not the whining and crying, not the complaining, huh? Not that. He inhabits the praises. Think about Paul and Silas. They were in a prison at midnight. At midnight, they had been beat. They were hanging in a dungeon. If you've ever been over to Israel, they'll take you in one of them places where they put them. And it's, it's dirt. It's not a padded cell by any means. It's a dirt dungeon. And they put them down in there and they chain them up and stuff. And listen, just think of this. These guys had been beat, you know, and then put down there. They could have been down there in that prison. And they could have been... Uh, whining and crying about their situation, right? They could have been complaining. Oh, Paul, my, my, oh, these, oh, all these beatings that I had. Oh, man, that blood's pouring down. And, oh, they beat me so hard. I'm so sore. I just, oh, this is terrible, you know. They could have been whining and crying and complaining down there. But you know what they were doing? The Bible says that at midnight, they were singing praises to God. They were singing praises to God. You know, some of you need to sing praises to God. Well, I don't feel like it, Linda. If you knew where I was going through, I don't know what you're going through. I don't need to know what you're going through. I've been through a few things myself, but I've tapped into, and I know what the Bible says about how to keep yourself revived. Amen. And that's what I do. i got to keep my own self revived. Don't go dragging into your church on Sunday morning. Preacher, stir me up. Stir me up. The devil's been after me all week. Now, number one, what do, you, what do you mean the devil's been after you? Now, the Bible says resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Amen. You ought to be after the devil. Greater is he that's in you, Christian, than he that's in the world, right? Amen. Amen. Ain't no devil. What are you talking about? Devil's after you. Oh, come on. <laughs> Jesus said in this world you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, because I've overcome the world. Amen. And, and don't come in. Don't go in your church and expect your preacher to stir you up. I mean, you'll hear the word of God, and you will get stirred up if you receive the message that God has for you. But listen, the, the preacher, he ain't no different than you. He's got his own stuff he's got to deal with, right? Yeah, he's got to keep himself stirred up just like you do. Matter of fact, why don't you go in there and stir, you know, help him a little bit. Amen. Come on, you got, you. there's helps ministries that need uh, filled up in your church. There's things for you to do. Help your pastor, amen. But they weren't down there whining and crying and complaining because that's not what the Bible, the Bible doesn't say. God inhabits the complainings of his peoples, you know. He it don't say that, people. I know I should have said peoples. I said, I just got to look when I said peoples, but it's people. God inhabits the praises of his people. So praise him. Even if you don't feel like it, start praising him. I'm sure those guys were in a lot of pain. Wouldn't you think? I, listen, you know, if somebody steps on my toe, I'm going, that hurt. You know what I mean? Step on your toe. Can you imagine getting beat like they got beat? Uh, I can't even imagine. Uh, 
old mommy. I had some sniffles a couple weeks ago. And she come in and tucked me in that night, didn't you, Mom? You came? Yeah, Mommy tucked me in. <laughs> Somebody said, it must be nice, right? <laughs> You're never too old for your mommy, are you, huh? <laughs> but listen, God loves you. He's got great things for you. But listen, we're we're... That's, that's a slap in the face when we don't take him at his word, you know. He gave us his word. What more does he need to do, huh? He gave us his word. And what we need to do is simply believe his word. Amen? Just believe his word. Take his word, read it, believe it. And, and I'm telling you, if God is for you, who's going to be against you, right? God loves you so much tonight. I just want to tell you that. And uh, he has miracles for you. He, he uh, you know, he, he sh bore stripes on his body for your healing. First Peter 2.24 says, by the stripes that Jesus bore on his body, he, you are healed. You are healed. He already took your sicknesses and your diseases in Isaiah. He already bore your sickness and disease on his body. He took it all. He redeemed you. He's your savior. He's your redeemer. He's your healer. Your deliverer. Anything and everything that you need. You can live a victorious life on this earth because of Jesus. Because of what he did. Amen. But you have to just tap into it. You have to believe that Bible. And Paul and Silas, I'm telling you. You know when they started singing those praises at midnight? You know what happened? Well, somebody I heard a pastor say that, that God started tapping his foot. You know, oh, victory in Jesus. You know, whatever they were singing, I don't know what they were singing. God started tapping his foot up there because he's sitting on his throne in heaven. And, you know, all of a sudden there was an earthquake. And it shook it shook that place. And I'll tell you, the Bible says that those, those chains fell off. They fell off of Paul and Silas. See, they were set free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? They were set free by Jesus. Amen? And, you know, the Bible says that while they were doing that, the, the other prisoners were listening to him. Yeah. And that jailer, he was up He was up at the top of that dungeon. Because if you, if you go to them places, you see how they, you know, there's a thing, and then they go down. That's where they're chained up down there. It was dark. And that jailer, he knew that they had, they had been loosed. And the, the Bible says that he was going to kill himself. And Paul yelled up. He said, don't kill yourself. We're all here. We haven't gone anywhere, you know. And here's the, here's the thing. That, that guy, was he was operating in a word, right, in a word of knowledge. Because, you know, how did he know that that jailer was about to kill himself, right? It was dark, huh? But listen, I'm telling you, God is amazing. And that jailer said, man, what must I do to be saved, right? Yeah. And him and his whole family will be, will be saved. Amen. Acts 16.31 says that you shall be saved and your family. Amen. Yeah. So God will use a bad situation that's going on in your life to turn things around. He said, I will take all of the bad and turn it around for good for those that love me and are called according to my purpose. Is that you tonight? Is that you out there? Huh? He'll take that bad situation that you're going through, but you must trust him. You know, you must trust 
his word. You must believe him that he is who he says he is in Hebrews. Chapter 11 is the faith chapter. And it says that, that those that come to him must believe that he is, that he exists, and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Amen. What? Seek him. What? Seek him. Seek the Lord while he, he can be found. You need, listen, people, if now more than ever, you know, may, we may have a little time of peace in this country and stuff, but I'm telling you, as an evangelist, as a minister called by God, it is time to seek the Lord with all of your heart and all of your soul. Get your hands clean and your heart pure because Jesus is coming back. He's coming back for a church without spot, without wrinkle. Listen, I'm telling you, just as sure as I'm standing here, God's got a plan for you. He wants to use you. But you need to get yourself ready. You need to get revived. Amen. And the only one that can do this is you. I tell people all the time, I said, the only thing stopping you is you. <laughs> it's the only thing stopping you is you. Huh? You can't blame the devil. You can't blame other people. You can't blame your circumstances. You can only look at you. Come on. So it's time for you, Christian, to start seeking him as never before. And those of you that, you know, that you, you've never even asked Jesus. You've never even asked him to come into your heart. You know, the Bible says that, that today is the day of salvation. The Bible says that God is patient. He's not willing that any should perish. See, God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. He, he wants everybody to be with him. That's why God sent his only son into this world to die for the, for the sins of mankind. See, Jesus willingly shed his blood for the removal, not the covering of, but the removal of sin. Amen. And the Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, which is eternal separation from God. So if you don't even know Jesus, and maybe right now, I'm telling you right now, I'm just going to give an invitation call for any of you out there that you, you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about. And you're looking at, at this Periscope or, or YouTube or Facebook or whatever you're watching on tonight, and you say, Linda, you know, uh, that joy that you, you're talking about, that peace, I need that, man. I, you don't even know my life is such a mess. I, I, and you know what? If you could have done something about that situation, you would have already done it, right? So that tells me there's nothing you can do about what you're going through. But I'm telling you right now, God, he can make the impossible probable. He Amen. can make it happen. Amen. He's a miracle worker. Amen. <laughs> and uh, so well, I want to just invite all of you right now. You know, the Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And uh, you may not understand everything tonight. But, uh, you know, we're going to be here every night this week. And I don't know, you know, whatever, whichever way God takes us. But the number one thing, and I'm going to pray for people to be healed in here tonight. I don't know if people are putting, you know, prayer requests on there. But if they are, Jamie, you know, get, get some, you know, somehow write them down, whatever. And we want to pray for these people. And, uh, but the, the greatest miracle of all is, is for a person to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, you know. Because you, what, what good would it be for us to pray for you to be healed and you don't even know Jesus and then you split hell wide open with a healed body, you know. That would be terrible, you know. 
I mean, what a waste. <laughs> so the main thing is that you give your life to Jesus Christ. So I just want to lead you in a prayer right now. And uh, I always think about Jesus when he was on the cross. There was three crosses. Jesus was in the middle. There was two crosses on either side of him, right? And uh, two thieves on either side. And one was making fun of Jesus, you know. Oh, if you're the son of God, why don't you get down off your cross, you know. And, and just going on and on making fun of him and stuff. The other guy, he, he told Jesus, he said, Lord. He called on the name of the Lord. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And you know what Jesus said? He said, today you will be with me in paradise. Today. Because that guy called on the name of the Lord. See, just like that. God said, my mercies are new every morning. And he will forgive you right now with the blood of Jesus. I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Where There's somebody out there right now. You're in turmoil. And you maybe you just want to start over with God tonight. Maybe in days gone by, you have asked Jesus to come to your heart. You know, but... Whatever happened, you got away from him. Listen, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world. Amen. He came to save. Amen. Satan is the accuser of the brethren, not Jesus. Yes. Jesus is not condemning you tonight. Satan is the, the accuser. And there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So you be set free right now in the name of Jesus. And uh, so I just want to invite you all, anybody that wants to receive Jesus into their heart right now, you know, I just want you to say this prayer. Just say this prayer. And if you mean it with your heart right now, if you mean business with God, he means business with you. Just say, dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean with the blood of Jesus. I believe that Jesus died for me, that he rose from the dead, and that he's coming back again for me. I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm on my way to heaven because I have Jesus in my heart. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for those ones that prayed this today, whether it's right now or on a replay a year from now, Lord. I thank you right now. I plead the blood of Jesus over them that not one will be lost on that day. In Jesus' name. Now, for for those of you that uh, <laughs> you're, on, you're Christians, you're going through a lot, and you just need to be revived, I want to tell you right now. I know, I know that there's some of you tonight that you're going through some pretty, pretty heavy stuff, you know? And... Uh, God never intended for any of us to be weak, sick, depressed, defeated. That's not what God has for you, Christian. You know, the Bible says in John 10, 10, that the thief, the devil, the enemy, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give you abundant life. Amen. You know, when God brought his children out of uh, Egypt, there was not one sick or feeble among them. Not one. Their shoes for 40 years in that desert, their shoes did not even wear out. You know, isn't that amazing? And that's what I told God. I tell God all the time. I do communion every day with him. And I told God, I said, you know, if, you, if their shoes and their clothes didn't wear out in 40 years, I know that my body, huh? that, that my body will not wear out. I'm going to finish this race that you've got me on. 
And listen, if I have something attacking my body, I go after it. Amen. I'm going to go after it and I'm going to say, Jesus, you redeemed me from the curse of the law. Deuteronomy 28. Come on. Jesus redeemed us from the curse because the Bible says that cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. Huh? And Jesus hung on a tree for you. He, this, this sickness is not for you. It's not yours. Amen. And I'm going to pray for people to be set free tonight. I'm going to be pray. I'm going to pray that you be healed. We were in a meeting, and I mentioned it earlier uh, when I first started here tonight. But we were in a meeting. Uh, and Jamie was there with me. She was running sound for me, and uh, there was a guy sitting there, and he, uh, listen, his ear, his right ear, was completely deformed. It just looked like a piece, a big wad of skin there, didn't it? It wasn't, didn't look like an ear, and there was no hole in his ear. And so anyway, I had people come up for prayer, and this one man came up, and he, he had hearing aids. So I was praying for him. I laid my hands on him because Jesus said, you shall lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. They shall recover. I believe that, you see, and, and I just believe it. And I, I mean, there's no pressure on me because I'm not the healer. I'm just doing what Jesus told me to do. Jesus said, if two of you on earth agree on anything in my name, my Father in heaven will give it to you. <laughs> so, uh, and I'm talking about when you're sick, people, Christian, you don't feel like going out there and telling people about Jesus. I don't like being sick. I would not be a good patient. Just ask my mommy, who's 91, tucked me in when I had the sniffles, right? I wouldn't be a good patient, you see? So I can't allow sickness in my life, right? I can't have it. And it's not mine to take anyway. Huh? Right? Right. So um, I just pretended I had sniffles, so mommy come and tuck me in. <laughs> oh, boy. You know. Okay. Pull myself back here. What was I talking about, Jamie? So anyway, we, we were in this meeting. This guy comes up, and I'm, I lay my hands on him, and I'm praying for... His hearing, he came up because he wanted to get healed. And guess what? God healed his ears. I told him, I said, I prayed for him. I said, take those things out. He took them out. The guy got it. God completely healed his ears. We're standing there. This guy is like, I can hear. Guess what? The guy, the other guy is sitting right there. This guy's standing here. He starts yelling. He goes, I can hear out my ear. And I'm thinking, okay, that's cool, man. You know, because I didn't know what was going on with him. He didn't come up for prayer. He got up. He came up to me. He goes, you don't understand. This can't happen. He said, there's no hole in my ear. He, and he showed me his ear. And it was like, oh, man. You know, while I was praying for that guy, that guy got healed as well. See, it's the presence of God. Amen. The presence of God in a place. Amen. Amen. Uh, anything can happen. Anything. God is a God of suddenlies. You could be sitting there tonight, man. I'm telling you, you could be sitting there tonight <laughs> watching this, and you feel the presence of God, and you're, like, really needing the healing in your body. God will heal you right where you're at. Amen. Right? I mean, look at, study the life of Jesus. He... He did all kinds of healings in different ways, right? Huh? He raised the dead. He laid his hand on a casket of a young boy, you know, and brought him back to life for his mother. Huh? 
He spoke to another guy and said, go on home, your boy's healed. Didn't even go into the guy's house. Huh? The boy was healed. So there's so many different ways. God is, he makes the impossible probable. He will make, listen, I don't care what kind of, oh, I didn't finish my story about the land, did I? Thanks for reminding me, Jack. So anyway, here's what happened with the land. I start laughing uncontrollably, right? And uh, because we build our house on somebody else's land, huh? So guess what? Remember what, I, what the verse I told you a while ago? That God said, I'll take all the bad and I'll turn it around for good for those that love me and are called according to my purpose. Well, that's me, huh? So uh, anyway, I went and I laughed uncontrollably. He said, I didn't think you'd respond like that. And I said, well, what do you want me to do? Pull that car, pull that house off with my car, off that foundation. So anyway, the guy left, and I went on into the house, got what I needed out of that house, and I went ahead, and I went to that tent revival that night. You see, when you've done all you can do, you stand. You stand on the Word of God. You believe that the Word of God is true. If God said he's your healer, take it as your, he's your healer. He bore stripes on his body for your healing, you see. So I thought, you know what, God, you know this situation. There ain't nothing I can do about this. We have done built an 80-foot-long house on somebody else's land. <laughs> you believe me. How many people you know have done something like that, man? You think you got problems, huh? <laughs> so anyway, I went ahead and went about my father's business. Because when you go about your father's business, he'll go about yours. Don't let this stuff stop you. Because if you let the problems and the cares of this life stop you, you'll never do anything for God. Next thing you know, you'll be you'll be a hundred years old, you know, and you never fulfilled anything that God wanted for you because you let the devil distract you and stop you with the cares of this life. And I'll tell you right now, you keep your eyes on Jesus. You keep stir, keep that stir stick out, man. You know what I mean? Stir yourself up with the word of God. Praise him no matter what's going on. Praise him even when you don't feel like it. Amen. Amen. And uh, so anyway, I went, ahead and, I went ahead and did the tent revival that night. And you know what happened? God took that whole situation, turned it around. We had seven acres originally. <laughs> that we bought and uh, that seven acres was sitting over here and we built our house over here on somebody else's land. Talk, talk about possessing the land, man. <laughs> we just went in and possessed the land. It wasn't even ours, right? So we ended up with seven acres, that original seven acres on a clear and free deed, okay? Paid off. We gained 11 acres, 11 more acres. And here's the thing, that land was for sale and nobody even knew it. You know, when they investigated into that, some, some couple up in Cleveland, Ohio, owned that land, and he had recently passed away, and she put that land up for sale. There was no sign. Nobody even knew it. And listen, so we ended up purchasing 11 acres and didn't change anything. And then seven acres fair and clear. I'm telling you this is what God will do for you tonight. Amen? You trust him. Keep your eyes on him. You're on a temporary journey down here. Man, you ain't taking none of this stuff with you. Why are you so tangled up? Why are you so worried about all this stuff down here? Huh? Who cares? It's a bunch of junk. Listen, I mean, I enjoy stuff. I, I enjoy this life. 
I, I love vacations. I love new cars. I love clothes. I love shoes. I enjoy everything this world has to offer, but I don't care about it. <laughs> I'm not entangled by it. Amen. I just live, I live for Jesus, man. I live to tell people about him because the Bible says that once you become a Christian, you're not even your own. You're not your own anymore. You're bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. You're not even your own anymore, huh? So what right do we have to get entangled in this and let the devil stop us from fulfilling our destiny? Amen. Because God said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. I had a plan and a purpose for you. I've got plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for hope and a future. Amen. Isn't that amazing? So God has good plans for you. The devil has bad plans for you. So keep your eyes upon Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. And, uh, you know, some of you are sitting out there right now, though, and you have sickness and disease in your body. I know there's a lot of flu going around. And uh, I just want to pray right from here. We're at the River Church right here in Coshocton, live right now on, Saturday, on Sunday night. And we're going to be here tomorrow night, same thing, tomorrow night and Tuesday night and Thursday. Well, we'll be here Wednesday with our regular midweek service at the River, 7 o'clock every night, Thursday night, Friday night. And Saturday night, you can't come here unless your age is 6 to 12 years old because <laughs> I'll be teaching the kids. And uh, we'll just see what happens this week. But I believe there's going to be a notable miracle this week. God told me. He said, there's going to be a notable miracle in one of your meetings. Matter of fact, the numbers he gave me was 25 meeting, small meetings that I've been having. Notable miracle, 200. What he was doing was showing me the small meetings, but that notable miracle is going to bust this ministry wide open. And uh, so, anyway, I'm, I'm excited about that. Jonathan Shuttlesworth gave me a word one night in one of his meetings. And I don't know if you know him, but he's a great evangelist, you know, that's traveling all over the world. God's using him in a mighty way. He called me out, didn't know me at that time from nobody, and called me out, and he prophesied over me. And he said, the same thing that has happened in my ministry is going to happen in yours. You know, he said this, I've got it on CD. He said the same thing. And I take that word, you know, I take that word because God showed me in other times it's going to happen. But in the meantime, listen, I'm not sitting around twiddling my thumbs. We're on all these social media platforms tonight. Huh? Uh, we do whatever we can to get the word of God out there. Don't let one day go to waste. We had a couple girls from this church. They were up in uh, an apartment complex in town here yesterday. And they were going door to door sharing the gospel. All these kids started gathering around them. We had five new kids here last night. Five new kids. Four of them came from the uh, from that, you know, from just them going out door to door sharing the gospel. People, listen, God moves with movers. Amen. <laughs> I'm sitting down right now, but if I didn't go anywhere, if I didn't do nothing, God, he moves with you. As you go, he'll go with you. Amen. You're God's ambassador, as though Jesus were making his appeal through you. Nothing's going to happen unless you step out and start letting him use you in a mighty way. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I want to pray for some people in here tonight, and I don't even know what time it is. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, huh? Is it 8 o'clock? So it's only been an hour? That's good. Okay, so some night we might be here till midnight. I don't know. But I'm just going to, I am moving with the Holy Spirit. And I'll do what he wants me to do. Amen. But uh, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. Nothing's impossible. Yeah. 
Nothing's impossible for him, right? With man, it's impossible. Some of you guys have been diagnosed with a deadly disease. And it looks like nothing. Do we have that? Do we have that voicemail? We have, listen, let me tell you about another miracle I seen. Okay. So we were in a meeting and uh, we were in a, do you have it? You can't, oh, it's on my phone. Okay, well, we aren't going to do the voicemail. I do have it. Um, anyway, we were in a meeting one night. And um, this guy, he came up and wanted prayer for his sister who was home dying of stage four cancer. Now, she wasn't at the meeting. He came, right? And he stood in for her. He said, can I stand in for her? Can you pray for her through me? I said, absolutely. I said, God, <laughs> you know, God, he knows everything, man. You know, he's spirit. He can go touch anybody. So, um. Anyway, I prayed for this lady through her brother that she be healed. And, you know, the Bible says that sometimes the devils will come out with a shriek. Cancer's a devil, man. Mm -hmm. Cancer is demonic. It's a, it's yeah. a spirit that needs to go from people. Amen. I hate that stuff. Well, I don't know anybody likes cancer, but you know what I'm saying? It's demonic, man. The Bible says that sometimes those devils will come out with a shriek. I laid my hands on that guy, and he fell back under the power. And as he fell back, he screamed. And I knew the, the sound. A devil came out. Okay. Be, he said uh, he was driving home from the meeting that night. His sister called him. She said, I don't know what happened to me tonight. She said, but all of a sudden, I started feeling great. She went to the doctor that week, and the doctor said, there's no trace that you ever had Cancer. She was dying of stage four cancer. Couldn't even come to the meeting. Didn't come to the meeting. Don't tell me nothing. Listen, nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. Right? Nothing is impossible for God. But anyway, about that voicemail, that guy called me that week. And, and the pastor. And we were they were on a three-way call, but, you know, it was on my voicemail. And he said, I wanted to call and let you know what happened. She went to the doctor and this happened. And the pastor got on there and confirmed it. And uh, so I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just so excited about what God's doing. Amen. I got a phone call a couple weeks ago from a guy or from a woman. Her and her husband had been in a meeting uh, not too long ago that we were in, in Pennsylvania. And, uh, I, you know, I went to these people. I don't even remember. I don't even remember it happening, actually. But. They came up for prayer, and they didn't tell me what was wrong. They just said, he needs prayer. You know, and, and that happens. So I just laid my hands on him, and God gave me a word for that man. And uh, so I prayed for new brain cells for him, and that his mind be restored, and, you know, just different things like that. I can't remember what all I said. I'm just saying what. So anyway, she calls me. She goes, you know, you didn't even know what was going on with my husband that night. She said, but what you prayed was exactly what was going on in his, in his body. And she said, when she, he said, when you laid your hands on him, he felt like new brain cells came into his mind, you know? But she said he's 100% cured now. He was getting probably dementia and everything else, and he had been through some traumatic thing, <clears throat> experience. And uh, anyway, God healed his body. Amen. <clears throat> but God wants to operate through all of us, you know. I'm going to pray for some people here tonight. Let's do uh, Nothing is Impossible, Jamie. <clears throat> Tomorrow night, some of you guys need to get in your car and come on down here. 
If you need to come on down here to the river church in Kishokton. And uh, Jesus said that you will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. I, I'm a big believer of laying on of hands. And uh, big believer of that. Jesus said you'll cast out devils. He said you'll speak with new tongues. If any deadly thing, you know, tries to hurt you, it can't even hurt you. I mean, everything that you need has been provided by Jesus. He's your redeemer. That's why he's called your redeemer. He redeemed you. He saved you, right? But if you're able to get down here, come on, and you can share this broadcast when it's done. Nothing is impossible. What is going on in your life that you think it's impossible? What is it? <laughs> well, Linda, that's, the doctor said there's nothing they can do. Yeah, that's what they told that lady, too. And I have a couple other cancer, uh, big miracles that happened, too, that I can tell you about. Yeah, that's what the doctors told them, too, that there's nothing they can do. I know the God that I serve. I know what he can do. <laughs> God wants to revive this church. And I believe that God's raising up an army right now of on-fire believers that are totally sold out to him. And they said, you know what? The world behind me, the cross before me, I'm going. I'm going on no matter who goes with me. Amen. No matter who don't go with me. There ain't going to be nobody standing beside you on the day of judgment. You're going to be there by yourself, man. <laughs> You're going to answer for yourself, right? And when I stand before God, I want him to say, welcome in now, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And it's fun serving the Lord. Those girls, when they went out the other day, door to door in that apartment complex, they came back and they were on fire. They were so wound up. Matter of fact, they said when they got back in their car, the joy of the Lord uh, just came in that car and filled them and, and they got touched. Amen. You know why? The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices. When one sinner comes to repentance. Amen. So when we go out and spread the gospel and share the good news with people, uh, and somebody says, Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. All of heaven is rejoicing <laughs> when one sinner comes to repentance. Isn't that amazing? But you're not going to want to go and do that. They wouldn't have wanted to go and do that if they were suffering with the flu. huh? So be healed tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. New lungs, new lungs, right? New lungs. If Listen, there's a parts room in heaven. I heard of some pastor, right? He went up to heaven and had a near-death experience or a whatever experience, with, and he went to heaven, and there was a parts room. Did you know that God's got new parts he can give you? If he doesn't want to fix the damaged part, he'll give you a new one. And I experienced that, too. I prayed for a lady. She came in one of the meetings. She was depressed, number one, because when you're sick, a lot of times you'll become depressed, right? Is that true? You become depressed because you start thinking about the sickness and you feel the pain and the things that's going on with your body. It's easy to become depressed. And the doctors put you on medicine, then a lot of times that stuff will send you into depression. So this woman comes up and she told me, she said, I have stage four stomach cancer. And I need prayer for wisdom because I'm preparing for my funeral. And depression was all over. I looked at her. I said, what? I said, no, what? No, no, no. 
We don't listen. I choose to believe the report of the Lord. I choose to believe the word of God. I choose to believe the report of the Lord, right? I laid my hands on that lady. She fell out under the power of God. And as she was laying on the floor, and I started praying in front of the people, as she's laying on the floor, she starts laughing. She got the joy of the Lord. Listen, you know what happened? Oh, man. God delivered her from depression, gave her the joy of the Lord. Not only that, she gets up off the floor, finally. She's, and I said, what's going on? She goes, it's gone. She says, because listen, when she came in there, she said her stomach was constantly in pain and um, sick, like nausea all the time. She said, it's gone. The pain, I don't have any pain. I don't have any nausea. I know I'm healed of that cancer. She went to the doctor that week and the doctor said, lady, you got a brand new stomach. Praise God for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. She had a brand new stomach. See, he, he took a part out of that parts room, and he gave her a brand new stomach. Amen? So I'm telling you right now, I, I, I ain't nobody, ain't nobody going to tell me that God is not a miracle worker because I know that he is. Amen? Amen. And I believe the word of God. Do you believe tonight? Huh? Do you believe that God can heal you? Do you believe God can take that sickness and disease from you and uh, instantly be healed? Huh? Instantly be healed. God does not want you sick and depressed. He's got a work for you to do. And you can't do it when you're laying in that bed of sickness or wallowing around the house and spreading the germs and giving everybody else what, what you've got. Amen? That spirit of infirmity needs to go right now in Jesus' name. I command the spirit of infirmity to leave your house right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Go from that house in Jesus' name. Just receive it. If that's for you, maybe you got the, the flu going around your house. Just receive it. You know, here's another thing for you. Jesus, the Great Commission. I heard a pastor say the Great Commission was not the Great Suggestion. That's when Jesus said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. He said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Think about this. He didn't say, okay, go and lay hands on them and pray. Think about it. He said, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now, I know what James says. I know that. I'm just telling what Jesus said, okay? So I believe that we, sometimes you got hundreds of people in a meeting that's up here for prayer. We line them up around the building, around the walls, because you don't have enough catchers. So then when they, if they need to fall out under the power, they just slide down the wall. See? That works. I, I don't have time to go to every single person and pray over their situation. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Be healed in the name of Jesus. You know, fire, healing, you know, whatever. I'm laying hands on them. That's the important thing because that's what Jesus said to do. Now, James says, there's any sick among you, call the elders of the church and have them lay hands on them and anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith will make the sick person well. And I know that, but I'm telling you right now, there's something about laying hands on people. Amen? Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Because you are you are imparting that anointing. That, that anointing is coming out of you into them. Amen? Be revived, Christian. Be revived. You need to stay on fire. You need to stay on fire. I was in Walmart one day. And uh, you have to stay on fire, right? 
I was in Walmart one day. I knew I was going to sing that song. If you want to turn it down just a little bit more, but I was going to sing it, then I started talking. Um, you know, I was in Walmart one day getting some groceries, and I walk into, uh, in by the deli, I wanted some bologna or salami or whatever I was buying. And uh, matter of fact, one of the, la the lady that was uh, working there, works here, or she comes to our church. And uh, she called me over. She was working in the deli at that time. She said, Linda, see that lady over there? She needs a healing. And I'm thinking, look, I need baloney. You know, <laughs> she needs a healing. I need baloney. But see, I'm always open. Amen. When you pull in Walmart parking lot or wherever you shop, you ought to say, Lord, if there's somebody in there that needs a healing or you want to meet a witness to somebody, you need to be instant in season now. You need to be ready. You need to be revived because you can't give what you don't got. You can't get what you don't got. If you ask me for $20, I can't give it to you if I don't have it. Amen. So anyway, she calls that. I said, call her over here. You know, in the meantime, I'll take a couple pounds of bologna, you know. So she uh, she calls her over there, and I minister to her a little bit about, you know, healing, give her a few scriptures. And then, and then I just simply laid my hands on her right in Walmart, right in front of the deli, in front of everybody, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And she said it felt like electricity went right through her body. She said it felt like electricity went right through her body, and God healed her of various ailments that, that day. <laughs> be healed in the name of Jesus. This is re revival. Listen, people, you are a carrier of revival because you are a carrier of the spirit of the living God. And you need to get this, you need to know this, and you need to live this, right? Amen. We could do nothing is impossible because I'm going to pray for people. Huh? I know I said that about 15 minutes ago. Amen. I'm not going to keep you too late tonight. I know some of you, you ate way too many Cheetos, and now you got a bellyache, and you need to go to bed, right? Huh? Right? You should put those Cheetos down and get down here to the river church. Amen. Huh? Right? Put the Cheetos down. Get to the river church. Come tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. If you know somebody that's sick, you know, we're going to be praying for people, man. If you know that somebody that's sick and they need a healing in their body, get them into these meetings. Amen? Every night this week. I'm going to have it no matter what because I've got people on social media. You know, social media is amazing. Because we got people on here from all over the world that's watching, or they will be watching the replay. That's right. Did we start that song already? Okay. So you just tell me I just got to tune in here and join in, huh? Nothing is impossible. Think about that. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is to go in the name of Jesus, right? Nothing is impossible to you. Thank you, Lord. My Lord and King, nothing is impossible. Creator of all things, you fool And you formed it by 
If you need, if you, you know, you have asked Jesus, you have asked Jesus to come into your heart, but you, uh, you know, you still are being condemned. <laughs> and that, like I said earlier, that's not God. That's Satan. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. And uh, so this blood that Jesus shed is for the removal of your sins. Do you realize that God said, the Bible says that, that God takes your sins when you ask him to forgive you. He takes your sins and he removes them as far as the east is from the west. He throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. So they're not there anymore. The, the blood of Jesus does not cover your sins. It removes them, okay? They're gone. So uh, Jesus, he's not condemning you tonight. And I want you to receive forgiveness tonight as we take communion. But, but we'll just start with this, uh, the wafer on top. Or if you got a little cracker there tonight, well, you know what? You can use the Cheetos that you've been eating. You just take a little Cheetos because really it's not what, what you're using. It's, it's the, it's the, the, you know, what, what, what we're doing. It's, it's a token. It's a symbol. Edie, I need you to open this for me. I can't get it open. You already got one open? Huh? Okay, here, I'll take that way for you. That's, uh, she's touching it. No deadly thing will hurt me, right? <laughs> Not that it would. So this cracker, this symbol, this token that we're using tonight, whether you're sitting at home with a Cheeto or you're, uh, that you actually have a, a, you know, a communion wafer, represents the body of Jesus that was broke for you. Okay, right? They beat him. And those stripes on his body were for your healing. He took every disease and sickness onto his body. You don't have to carry that anymore. You can let that go tonight. You can receive the healing power of God into your body tonight. And that stuff has to go. So as we take this tonight, and this I do this every morning. I take this, I take communion every morning with the Lord. And, uh, you know, because every day is a new day, right? It's a new day, a new beginning, a new start with him. And I, I look at this and I say, God, you provided everything that I need, right? You can do that one again. You provided everything that I need. And uh, so as I take this right now, this is a token. It's a symbol of the body that was broke for me. And as this goes into my body, I command every disease and sickness and cancer cell and arthritis, I command my thyroid to start operating properly in the name of Jesus. Because, Lord, you said, you know, your word says that you, you brought your children out of Egypt and there was not one sick or feeble among them. Not one. Not one out of the, the billions of people that was with him. Not one sick or feeble among them. <laughs> and that's what he has for us tonight. And Jesus said, when you do this, do it and remember what I did. Do this in remembrance of me. So when I take this right now, I remember what you did. Jesus, I thank you right now for your body that was broke for me. And as this goes in, disease and sickness goes out in Jesus' name. I want you to just take this right now. Lord, we thank you for this. And we thank you for the body that was broke for us. Jesus, thank you for bearing those stripes on your body so that I can be healed. In the name of Jesus, I thank you now. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, these people that are watching, Lord, I just, I just ask right now that your healing power flow through their bodies right now because of the stripes that Jesus bore on his body. 1 Peter 2.24, by the stripes that Jesus bore on his body, you're healed in Jesus' name. Receive your healing right now in Jesus' name. Lord, I cancel every assignment the enemy's put out against your people. Right now, every every assignment that he's put out against them, I cancel it. And I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that they're raising up. They're going to be a mighty man and woman of God. They're going to fulfill the plan and purpose that you have for their life. And then we have the, the juice that represents the blood that Jesus shed for the removal of our sins. You know, there was not one broken bone on Jesus' body. And what they would do to make sure that these... Uh, people that were crucified were dead they would break a bone they didn't when they came to jesus he was already gone so you know what they didn't have to break a bone there was not one broken bone on his body but what they uh, one of the soldiers took a spear and he shoved it into jesus's side and all the blood in the water poured out of his body and that blood that jesus willingly shed was for the removal of your sins. Because the Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So that blood that Jesus shed was for the removal of your sin. And the Bible says that when we, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, who will forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, as we take this juice tonight as a symbol of the blood that Jesus, your only begotten Son, shed for us, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for that blood, that blood, that blood of Jesus that redeemed us from the pits of hell. Lord, that we can come to you and we can ask for forgiveness right now. If you got any sin in your life that has not been forgiven, I want you to say this prayer. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus. Father God, forgive me of every sin that I've committed. And I just, I am asked that you would forgive me and, and remove that sin with the blood of Jesus. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness with that blood that makes me whiter than snow. And Lord God, in the name of Jesus, we ask that you uh, bless this and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And as I take this right now, Lord, I receive forgiveness for every sin that I that I've ever committed and I thank you for the blood in Jesus name now just drink that juice right now oh hallelujah you know we like to call that a happy meal because you know when I remember what Jesus did for me I'm happy amen hallelujah well we went in a lot of different directions tonight but I'll tell you I, I believe some good things are going to happen this week amen. I want you to keep to come out here I want you to keep tuning in amen and uh, <clears throat> we're going to close with something over there. Um, huh? No. Whatever you pull up there, Jamie. If you do, if you don't, that's fine too. But I'll tell you what, I'm just going to close out with prayer right now. And I'm going to pray for some people in this room tonight. And uh, so if tomorrow night, 7 o'clock, be here. Be here tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. Remember, stay revived. Stay on fire. Right? Keep that fire burning. You know, right, Mom? I mean, Amen. my dad did that, didn't he? Amen. You know, when when, yeah. when we when I was growing up, <laughs> we had an old coal furnace down in our basement, and uh, we lived in an old farmhouse. And man, I'm telling you right now, my dad had to go down in there in that basement and stoke that fire up. 
And he had to go down there in the middle of the night and do that. And if he didn't get down there and throw some logs on that or some coal onto that fire and stir it up, then you know what? It got cold in that house. <laughs> it got cold in that house. And I won't even go into because Jack's watching. I won't even go into the, the, you know, when the furnace would back up and we'd wake up and our face would be completely black. Remember that, Mom? <laughs> I don't know what you call that, but your furnace, the, it, huh? The soot, yeah, that soot. You'd wake up, and you'd look in the mirror, and you talk, you talk about praying, man. What happened to me, you know? But uh, it was fun times. But I'll tell you, if my dad didn't get up in the middle of the night and stir that fire up, it got really cold in there. And that's what will happen to you, Christian. And you can't depend on anybody else to do this but you. We need revival in the church. And revival, I say it all the time, individual revival will bring national revival. And when the church gets revived, individually revived, we're going to have a revival in this nation like you've never seen before. And it's going to, this mighty moving army is going to go across this nation into other countries. And this is going to be powerful what God's going to do. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Well, I'm just going to pray a sign out of here off social media right now. And, uh, and, and then I just, I'll see you guys tomorrow night. Share this video on your Facebook and uh, on your YouTube or whatever. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these people that have watched tonight and the ones that will watch the replay. And I ask, Lord, that you would bless them and their families. And I thank you for the healings that took place here tonight. And in Jesus' name, I pray that you would just continue to draw people to watch these videos. And, Lord, that they will be healed, they'll be saved, and they'll be set free in the name and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. amen. If, if God's touched you tonight, let us know about it. Send us a message and let us know. In Jesus' name.